You are Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. And Tony, I don't know if you noticed, but on Hockey Day Minnesota, they did a drumline, and I liked it. Yeah, no, that sounds like it was really cool. I, I don't think I watched it with the sound on Hockey Day in Minnesota, so I, uh, or wait, did I? Yeah, I did watch it with the sound on. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't hear the drum line. I thought it was cool. I thought they had a really nice mix between uh, the organ music, the arena music, and then also this drum line that they brought in. They need to do more of that. They do, but you know what? There's more innovative, op, uh, you know, things with the game ops. When I went to the wild game on Monday, Joe, I don't know if you saw it, but it's it's Norty's thirteenth birthday, Joe. <laughs> oh man, Norty turned thirteen. Uh, you think he'd grown up from that toddler stage where he's doing the beats wrong for Let's Go Wild? He's a teenager. Yeah, now he's gonna be a pain in the ass even more, right? But we had a birthday party for Nordy, and all of his mascot friends showed up. I bet that was a real riot. Did they? Speaking of real riot, did they actually have a center ice beatdown like they did with uh, with that Blackhawk mascot? No, no, weird, weird. Uh, Tommy the Hawk did not get invited to this party. Well, I guess after what happened that year, it's probably for the best. NJ Devil did of the New Jersey <laughs> Devils. It was Bailey the Lion from the Kings, and I just, oh my god, I just fell asleep to it. <laughs> oh my god, what a bad. Uh, why couldn't I go to the game with the drumline, Joe? Uh, why? Why did they do that? Like, is it, it's got to be for the kids, right? Yeah, but like, how many kids are going to be like, yeah, let's sing happy birthday to Nordy? Yeah, right? I mean, Nordy's. I mean, we don't even know what he is. At least with Crunch and the Timberwolves, he's like doing freaking trampoline slam dunks and doing flips and stuff like that. Or out there with the dance team. Like, what does Norty do? He shoots the t-shirt cannon. Oh. I actually got the closest that I've ever been to a t-shirt cannon, but it was it was so tainted by I think the uh, I think the the shirt said like party hard with Norty. So like, I couldn't even oh, be bothered God. to care as the t-shirt landed like three or four seats to my left. I'm just like looking intently at my phone. There's no way that Norty listens to Andrew WK. No, I, I I'm guessing not. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, party hard. Look it up. I'll All send right. you the link. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, today is our mailbag episode. Yeah, we got mailbag. And Joe, there's a way that if you want to send us mailbag, uh, you personally, Joe, and also our listeners, yeah. if y'all want to send us mail, you can send us mail now. <laughs> y'all want to get in touch with us now? Get in touch with us uh, on email, via email, at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. That's uh, for listener suggestions. That's for your mailbag questions. That's for if you just want to say hi, say what's up, and uh, just get in touch with the show. That's a great way for everyone to uh, interact with us live on the show. So, And we take our submissions for mailbag and our listeners' choice episodes, which run every Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that, we should probably open up that inbox and in our email box. 
and uh, get into our questions right away, right? Yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, Johnson from Wisconsin sends us uh, sends us one and asks, what would it take for you to trade Brodine, and where is he most likely headed? Hmm. We do have an episode that is mostly about Brodine from last week, but I, I think there's uh, there's a uh, a new angle in here that we can take. I honestly got no idea where he might be headed. I think a team like Toronto could probably use him. Um, Carolina, I think, was probably one of the first teams that we heard was connected with him. I would think that one of those two teams would would be in the market for Jonas Rodin. For me, what is going to interest me is a first-round pick and a prospect. I, I guess something similar to what uh, what Jake Muzzin got last year where he got I think it was a first round pick and a couple of decent prospects um I I I would take that I would take a really good prospect like a like a a B prospect I don't think you're getting a prospects I don't think a prospects move around anymore I would take like a real solid you know top 30 to 50 prospect and then you know, uh, uh, another prospect or two at the fringes or, or maybe a second round draft pick. Um, but, but to me, I'm either getting a first round pick or I'm getting a prospect where I'm like, okay, like this could be someone who, uh, either is a shoe in to be a, you know, regular top nine, top four, uh, uh, defense, uh, NHL player, like top nine forward or top four defense, or, you know, somebody who, you know, maybe is a, is a little bit of a longer shot, but with upside. Would you be interested in anybody that was probably either in college or the AHL or juniors ready to make that jump and and expected to be in the NHL yeah. within the next year? I mean, would, would you be interested in that per, or, or were you looking maybe for like a project just because at this current point, there, there kind of is kind of a log jam? For me, it kind of depends on the player, right? And it depends mm-hmm. on what else you do with the rest of the roster. Like maybe, uh, maybe you do end up clearing up forwards to uh, to to make room for whatever prospect you get in return. But you know, I think that uh, I I would certainly be open. Like if the best offer was for a prospect who is ready, you know, you gotta right. you gotta take the best offer. I think. Okay, and then obviously, like, do what Paul Fenton wasn't really able to do last year with the uh with the trades was to maybe get some sort of futures as well because again the wild are trading the more established player in the nhl so you got to have some sort of extra protection there right yeah i think like futures like jack johnson would be really interesting to look oh. in for uh michael for like i'm, I'm big <laughs> on the futures you just had to twist the knife didn't you uh, hey, the, neither of those guys are on our team. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know how much of a knife that is, but yeah. All right. Uh, well, all right. Well, I need to cover that. I need to pull the knife out and um, forget that we even had those names rumored to the wild. Actually, weren't they both pretty much traded? But uh, something happened on either end that made the trade fall through. Yes, that is what happened. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take our first break. We'll come right back and then we'll get right back into listener questions on our mailbag uh, episode here. You are listening to Locked on Wild. And welcome back to Locked on Wild. We're going through your listener questions. Remind you that you can send it to lockedonwild at gmail.com or also at Twitter 
at Locked On Wild. Uh, feel free to send in those listener questions for next week as well. Don't forget Fridays we do our listener suggestion episode. Get your topics in now, and uh, we'll try to do a poll uh, hopefully on Thursday then to uh, to try to figure out if we need to whittle it down at all for our, for our different segments. So, Tony, you've got the questions. What's our next question on uh, uh, you know our next item up for bid? I suppose. What is the best jersey in Wild history, and what is the worst? Ooh. Okay. I'm not content with just answering this question, Joe. Okay. Let's go and put together some Minnesota Wild jersey power rankings. We're going to rank every jersey in Wild history from worst to best. How does that sound to you? Sounds good to me. Pew, pew, pew. All right, so... Power rankings. <laughs> I think that uh, I, I think that we're just going to have to uh, to spell out what jersey is going to be for consideration, and okay. I would say that that would include the OG home uniform, so green, wild bear head logo, lot of stripes on it, extreme jersey font <laughs> on the back, uh, the beastly OG home uniforms. Exact same thing, but white. Right. The Iron Range Reds, aka the uh, the Christmas sweater with the uh, with the Minnesota Wild seal in the middle and the uh, prominently red with the green stripes. Then we have uh, the Minnesota Wild script logo, where they had the Minnesota Wild script uh, green and harvest wheat. Okay. Then uh, the next one I think is uh, is the home whites that uh, that they currently wear today, which are uh, are white and green, uh, red uh, red numbers, green letters, um, and yeah, I I, I think uh, I think that's how to describe them. They're pretty basic. Okay. The stadium series jerseys, which if you've seen them, you know what they look like. Right. And uh, and their current homes, which are uh, I, I suppose a variant on the stadium series jerseys, not uh, not as as big of, of numbering as the stadium series ones, but uh, borrowing uh, some elements and I, I think most prominently uh, featuring the uh, the beige stripe, the harvest wheat stripe down mm-hmm. the uh, the midsection of the jersey. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so let's work from the bottom up. Joe, what do you think is the worst? I chose the original green aways. Ooh, you know what? I, I think that uh I think that I agree with you there. I'm not a I'm not a fan. I, 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 I can certainly get on board with this, but what do you hate about them? I I just it really the font really just bothered me in general. I didn't like the beastly font. Um, I didn't think that there was a whole lot of character. It It just felt like an inverse of their home, which obviously was, was the white. Um, But uh, yeah, I just, I didn't, I thought they were really dark on the ice on TV. That could be just FSN's white balance problems too. But, um, but I thought they were really tough to, uh, to really pick out the numbers. I didn't, I, I just didn't really care for them. Yeah, I would probably uh, agree with all of that. I, I think that uh, I think that Minnesota ends up doing green a lot better than this, and and I think that uh, those jerseys were fine for the '90s. But I, I think that uh, 
I think that time has kind of left them behind. Right. So would you say that the next one is the original Home Whites then? No, actually. All right. What are we going with? I've got the Reds. The Christmas ones. Yeah. And I didn't mind the circle logo, but I just think that the way they executed the red with the green just made it way too Christmassy. Uh, I even and I didn't like the re the uh, the second iteration with the Reebok changes as well. Uh, I did like that they brought in the um, the the tied collar, but uh, that's about the only really saving grace for me on that on that particular jersey. And you know it's funny because I was a person that didn't really hate the Reds all that much, but now I look back at it and like, yeah, it just didn't, never made sense that the wild ever used the red as a predominant color. Yeah. I, I was a, I was a red defender at the time too, just because I think just because I like the circle logo so much, I think that's a really cool uh, variant of the, uh, the, the bear head logo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's too much red or not enough green or like if it would look any better like I, I, it doesn't bother me that they're Christmassy so much. I, I, I think what bothers me is like, it's, it's maybe, it's maybe too much red. Maybe it looks better if it's inversed. Because I don't mm-hmm. mind like red accents on the green jerseys, for example, like what they have right. today, uh, right. where they have the uh, the red stripe. Uh, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no! We have to get we have to get paid to to do that joke. I'm sorry. Never Maybe. mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I like that. Uh, I like I like the red accents mm-hmm. uh, on the green jerseys, and and maybe if you inversed it, that would be something else to uh, to change my opinion. But mm-hmm. uh, I, you know what? I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you. I'm gonna stand by your decision. Okay, so so far we're in lockstep then. More or less. Okay. For the next one then, that's where I slide in the original home whites. I think that's fair as well. I think uh, I think they end up doing white a lot better on their current ones. And, and I think that those also kind of suffer a little bit from the same problems. The green ones did. I yeah. think white just looks cleaner though. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what saves, uh, these jerseys from, from oblivion. Yeah. And just overall like nostalgia as well. There's a lot of my old favorite players that uh, skate around in that particular Jersey that just, um, you know, just kind of brings you back a little bit too. But uh, you look back at some of that old footage, and those jerseys just look archaic. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say that these were the whites come in, and um, yeah, I think that's that's where they probably should be at. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna go next, and uh, I think I might know. Uh, I think I might know where I stand, and I think this might be where I start getting passionate. Okay. Where do you stand, though? Oh, okay. This is where I put. This is where I put the Stadium Series jersey. Okay, we're in agreement there. Okay, yeah. I there was elements of the Stadium Series jersey that I liked. I wish that they would have not just done the plain man bear pig crest on the front. Um, the shoulder accents I thought were fine. I thought the shoulder patch was were fine. The numbers I thought looked great, um, and overall, it's a very good looking jersey. It's just that front crest that I felt like they could have done 
or done something different to really stand out because it's it's very um simple you know it's like they just were like okay we'll change the background but we'll just throw the same damn logo that we put on everything else onto it rather than really trying to get creative with with the overall logo i like the uh i like the wheat shoulder uh shoulders those are cool i actually like the numbers as well but i i think my big problem with the jerseys is i mean yes the uh the the just the 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 bear logo on that uh is a is a really boring choice but what makes it kind of an awkward choice for me is the arm stripes are, are real awkward. They're they're both too big. The red and the white ones, or the red and the the wheat ones, are are just mm-hmm. too big, and it's very distracting to me. And I understand that those they are probably a little too big, um, but I think when you're the way they play well is is like when you're in a fifty thousand seat stadium and you're far away, you get to actually see those accents. So. Um, overall, I thought it was a, a decent looking jersey, but they could have done more. Mm. So is next uh, the refined version of that, which is the Minnesota Wild home jersey currently? Yes, actually. Uh, I, the the stripes are a lot less awkward. I mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't know how to fix the the stripe on the front, it kind of bothers me that it doesn't go to the back, but then that starts messing with your numbers. Right. Uh, but overall, I like the makeover that they did. Yeah. I, I think they kept a lot of what works about that, uh, that stadium series Jersey though. I, I kind of am missing the, uh, I'm missing the wheat shoulders there. Right. Um, but, uh, the, the stripes on the, uh, on the arms look a lot less, uh, look a lot less awkward to me. The uh, the red stripe is, is uh, thin and breaks up the the wheat nice without mm. being overwhelmingly huge. Um, yeah, uh, solid jersey. Yep, I like the uh, the M logo shoulder patch as well. Hopefully that becomes something in the future. I do like that uh, that M script logo. So and and what I like about this too is the numbers are much more identifiable on these than perhaps like their first generation greens as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are at number two. Yep, and I am gonna say the green thirds. Wow. Okay, we are in agreement on this. We are. I really love the green thirds, but uh, but uh, we'll we'll get into uh, to why I have the whites at number one. Okay, yeah, the green thirds, a uh, really classic old school look. Um, <clears throat> I like what they did with the weeds. I like the script logo. I like the laces. I, I like a lot that's going on with this. It is very two tone. I know that they did the wild and a couple of red accents within the logo itself and in the the necktie, but overall, like as a two tone kind of jersey, I like this. I like that they used it for the postseason. Um, over, and I, I mean, outside of like the piping on the shoulder yoke, like I like this Jersey a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful Jersey. It's their best rendition of green and we're both in agreement. And I think most wild fans would be in agreement too. Uh, I love the, the classic collegiate look to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the two tone thing to me is a strength, not a weakness. Uh, very, very simple. You look at the best NHL jerseys. And I think what you 
what they all have in common is that they are simple and they're very appealing to the eye because they are so mm-hmm. simple. Well, we can get into like the original six jerseys. You know, Montreal is a is three colors. New York Rangers is three colors. It's really kind of like, but they're all simple. Yeah, they are simple. And Detroit, you know, is just the two colors. So they, they usually do a two tone, but uh, no, I agree that um, as a two tone type of uh, feel and, and canvas, this, this works really, really well. And really my only knock is just that, that little bit of shoulder piping. Mm-hmm. So uh, number one is their current whites, which I I'm in agreement. I think uh, I think my diagnosis of the, these is that literally everything on this jersey pops. Absolutely, and that was my first thing when I saw them. I remember I couldn't wait to actually see these things in action. It was uh, I think I ended up follow, finding like a stream of some uh, TSN broadcast of like a preseason game against Winnipeg with the first season that they came out and. I just remember thinking like, wow, they absolutely pop. You see the numbers clearly. The whites are nice and bright. The green contrasts really well. The, the, the clean lines with the shoulder striping and waist striping look very, very good. And The shoulder yeah, patches are really nice. Yeah, I I just there's very there's very little to dislike about this. Um, it just seems like a very more mature rendition of what their original whites used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the numbers just just leap at you. Like you said, the the green and the red, like that is like, you know, they complement each other. It looks really good and it doesn't look like overly Christmassy or anything like that. Exactly. It's uh it's uh it's just a great jersey and I I think you you said it the whites are are nice and bright. Like they look to me they look whiter than any white jersey I've seen and I yeah. don't know how they do it. Yeah, if there's one thing that I could say, like if they did with their um, with any third jersey, is I would like just a slimage little bit of white um, with it, just as like an accent, more than just like the eye of the actual crest of the wild symbol. I I, I just think like a little highlight of white would be just fantastic because I think that white just really pops. And I'm an old school guy. I think that the white should be at home. Um, so I I tend to lean more towards the white jersey as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I I think both their jersey offerings right now are strong. I think if they want to do a throwback option where they bring back the old uh, the old quote unquote uh, <laughs> script uniforms, I think that that is a that's a really potent jersey combination. I mean, even if they want to to retouch the old script logo one somehow, that would be uh, that would be cool to see. All right. Well, we got those um, power rankings on the wild jerseys in history taken care of. Uh, we should probably take a quick break, you know, throw that list away and then uh, come back with more of our listeners' questions. What do you say? All right, Jim Rome. <laughs> All right. We are listening. I'm sorry. You are listening to Locked on Wild. You are Locked on Wild. I'm Joe. I'm here with Tony. We're going through your listener questions from your mailbag questions. Uh, we got more to get through here before we end the show. Tony, let's kind of get through them here. So uh, what's next on deck? All right. What's next on deck is from friend of the show, Zeke. He asks, if the Minnesota Wild won the first overall pick in the lottery, would you still select Alexis Lafreniere, even though he's a left shot left winger and Quentin Byfield, the presumptive number two overall pick, is a center. 
So during the break, I saw this this question, and I was just looking at their scouting reports. It looks like Lafreniere is definitely the more offensively talented kid, and I don't see enough offensively talented kids in this wild prospect group. I mean, sure, they got Kirill Kaprasov. I think they've got some good prospects that are showing some promise, but I go with the guy that can score goals, the goal scorer, the guy who could potentially be the this team's Nathan McKinnon or this team's um, high-end profile players. I, I would probably stick with Lafreniere. Lafreniere stepped into the QMJHL in his draft minus two years, so I think that's 15 years old, and mm-hmm. scored 42 goals in 60 games for Ramuski. It's incredible. Followed that up with a 105-point season. Right now, he is averaging over two points a game uh, for Ramuski. Went to Canada, played in five games out of seven, I believe, that Canada was in the World Junior Championships. And And he was out due to an injury, yeah. Out a couple games to an injury, but still won the damn MVP of the tournament. (laughs) It's, It's crazy. Scoring four goals and ten points in five games, so... I I think that Byfield is impressive, and I think that if Minnesota gets the number two overall pick, they shouldn't be too upset. But, you know, I, I, I don't care about positional need when you're picking first overall in the draft. You get the player <laughs> that you think is going to be the most successful, and that's Alex Lafreniere. I think a good example of that is... Uh, back in uh, 2011, was it? Where it was uh, Taylor Hall versus Tyler Sagan at the top of the draft. Mm-hmm. Edmonton takes the uh, the left winger over the center in drafting Taylor Hall instead of uh, Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan, real nice player, real impressive career. You know, he's a, he's a center who has scored 40 goals once. I, I don't know if he scored 40 twice. Scored 30 goals Four more times, and then uh, then I guess uh, a season with uh, with twenty nine, season with twenty six. So impressive goal scorer, right? Mm-hmm. Which one of those two won an MVP? It was Taylor Hall. Yeah, probably. So no, not probably. He did win an MVP. He literally won a Hart Trophy. Okay. He so you you take talent over position, and you do that especially at the very top of the draft and, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, that you can't really make an argument for Byfield over Lafreniere right now. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, if you're picking first overall, you're picking first overall for a freaking reason. It's because you've got glaring issues all over your roster and uh, you, you just need to infuse the roster with as much talent as possible. So if the Wild magically got number one, I think at this point with what we know, Lafreniere is your... your um, is your no-brainer choice. I agree. Like, and, and it's the same thing with like, oh, well, if you get the number one pick and you know you can get your guy later, trade down. No, no, you have the number one pick. You might never get the number one pick again. Edmonton's going to be in the lottery for a long time. Do you think you're going to get a number one pick as long as Edmonton's in the lottery? No. <laughs> uh, there are so many teams for Taylor Hall to be on and give his lottery <laughs> luck to, and it's not going to be the Minnesota Wild. When you get the number one pick, you... Just take the player. Just just take the guy who you think is, is the guy of the draft, and you are probably not going to go wrong. I, I agree. Next question. Next question. 
Shane asks, what's your thoughts on the progress reports for prospects? Got, got some young guys looking real good, like Kovanov, Beckman. Do you think they'll play for Iowa next year? Any other guys that really stand out to you? So I, I think we all know about Kaprizov. Kaprizov's going to be in the NHL. I think we all know about Boldy. Yeah. Boldy's going to need some more time. I think we all know about Kovanov and Beckman. I I, I think we all do. Uh, Kovanov's having an amazing year, as is Beckman. Right. Uh, Kovanov will probably be in the AHL next year. Uh, Beckman has another year of junior eligibility left, so he's right. either got to be in the NHL or in juniors. He's probably going to be in juniors. That said... Is there any other prospect that has you interested in going like, hmm? Well, I guess I I think that uh, a player who was kind of starting off in the AHL and was lo- loaned back to the OHL because of just a numbers game with Iowa, I I do appreciate that Vanya Lodnia has gone back to Niagara and has really kind of dominated. He's got 51 points through 30 games, 22 of those are goals. And so that at least is promising. I know, I know he's probably uh, playing, you know, in a league that's probably a little bit on the younger side, but at least he's not getting embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, he's doing the embarrassing. Exactly. And um, I guess the other one was like Sean Budrias, who's actually third on this list in, in uh, total points for, for wild prospects. Um, He's been kind of on his radar because Adam Beckman and Alexander Havanov have been the uh, kind of the headline catchers or grabbers, I suppose, um, with their uh, incredible point streaks. I mean, Havanov has played not even 30 games yet and has 58 points. Beckman's got 69 nice points and has played 42 games. But 53 and 40 for Sean Budrias is really solid, too. Justin asks, is Matt Dumba just incredibly snake bitten or is he still dealing with his injuries? I think it's just snake bitten. I think it's in his head right now. I think he's grinding that stick into sawdust and, and um, it's a confidence thing. I, I've, I've said this now for a while. I do think it's just confidence. I don't know if you would say like his injuries hampering him or if it is, it is in ways probably that we can't see. And that, like you said, Joe, like have more to do with confidence you're starting to see him get more five, six shot games than he was getting before. I mean, even even more four shot games. So he is firing the puck and, and like on Monday's game against Florida, right? Like they were really trying to get it to him on the power play. And he was really trying right. to just uh, to blast it through Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> they were. You could really hear the, uh, the puck pop off of his pads there. Uh, so I, I think it'll come. He's shooting... 2.6% and that's just that's just not going to continue. You got to think that there's going to be some natural regression of the mean here. Yeah, even if it was back to like the around the 8% that we're dealing with uh with Matt Dumba having about 10 goals so far, which sounds about right. So, I think snake bit is a big part of it and uh yeah, I I I think it'll I think it'll come back, you know. We we've seen Dumba score in bunches before, and and you got to mm-hmm. think once he's he's feeling good, like he is a player that that seems to, uh, kind of uh, right on his emotions. I think in a good way, because a lot of times he's he's very confident, right? Yeah, um, I got to think if he gets one, he gets a bunch. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll 
we'll see uh, how that works. Our last question from our friends at Gone Puck Wild. What would someone not well-versed in hockey stats want to focus on with Jewel Erickson X stat line? Asking for a friend. I tend to look with Jewel Erickson X at it at like just overall expected goals and expected goals against. Um, especially when you're looking at like his defensive acumen. Um, I think that there's always going to be shots taken against forwards. Um, I think there's always going to be shots taken. Um, and you can't look at like on ice save percentage either. But um, I do tend to look at those two stats just to say, okay, where are, where's the opposition getting chances from? Are they good chances? And then also like, is he also creating chances as well when he's on the ice? So what I'm I'm looking at right now is like I'm looking at Erickson X offensive leap that he's made this year. And make no mistake, he has made a jump offensively. Uh he already has a career high twenty one points right now. And what I would do is I would look at not how many points he's scored, but the rate of points that he's scored. So we're looking at his um we're looking at his uh, points per hour numbers, points per 60. And right now he is he is second on the team behind Marcus Felino with uh, 2.14 points per 60 at even strength. So, or at 5-on-5. Five five. So, you know, he is maybe not getting like the minutes of an Eric Stahl, but he's producing on a permanent basis right up there with Eric Stahl, for example. Yeah. Well... Uh, we were able to determine what the uh, the worst wild sweater was, and we pretty much agreed on our power rankings, too. That's odd, isn't it? Uh, you know what, Joe? They say great minds think alike, so I gotta <laughs> assume that that also means that bad minds think alike. <laughs> probably. Uh, that's probably gonna do it for this episode. We appreciate everybody that sent in their questions. Make sure for next week you guys get your stuff sent in. Uh, feel free to use the, utilize that uh, email account that we sent up for you guys it's uh locked on at gmail.com as well as uh, our listener suggestion topics if you guys didn't get your question in this time around uh feel free to put one in for a listener choice uh, for friday's episode uh that's gonna probably do it tony where can we find you you can find me on twitter at oh tony you can find my work at the athletic minnesota you can follow all my work at zonecoverage.com as well as follow me on twitter at joeboo15 If you liked today's show, please hit the subscribe button right there on your device so that your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. Those do help our show immensely within the algorithms and stuff to help find more fans just like yourself. Uh, You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at LockedOnWild. And I did mention that... uh, that uh, email address, but I'm going to mention again here right now. It is lockedonwild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day. <laughs>